All right, everybody, thanks for joining us here on another episode of The Power of Leverage. And today, I'm not only your host, but I'm also the guest. And I'm going to be sharing with you how I've been able to build this virtual assistant team that I have that's functioning at a really high level. So I, I currently have three high-level teams that, that are running uh, three different companies that I'm mainly focused in. And so I wanted to really dive in deeper to give you the ability to, to really look into your own future to see what the possibilities are. The number one question I get when it comes to virtual assistants is, well, what can I have them do? And I think that's where we need to take a step back and really analyze what is it that we're great at and start supplementing part of that to other people. And so I'm gonna take you back a little bit to, to how I started the latest business to give you an idea of what you can do too. And that's when I was looking to build out a brilliant tribe, uh, I thought, well, what is it that I really need, right? That I, I'm great at, but I can't do. And that's the organizational part to this. I really needed to build this out. I needed to center peace to this. And that's where the executive admin came to play. And the executive ad admin role, because I had done this previously, that executive admin role then took, took the, the name of director of operations. And, and I've shown this graphic before, and I'm going to show it to you again, only because it's, it's a pretty powerful graphic here. Let me, let me pop it up and I'll show you how we can build out these different things as well. Now, the one I'm gonna show you right now isn't specific to real estate. I'm gonna show you one on a virtual brokerage as well. But this one right here, I've shown this multiple times and I built this out specifically for, specifically for me. So as I built this out, I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I could start sharing this. And I don't have all of these pieces built out yet. So I have most of them, but some of these I'm like, you know, I really need like ISA recruiting. I really need human resources. I really need onboarding and the director of tech. Yeah, I don't, I don't have some of these pieces, but the other ones, I mean, we have this fully built out. The video editor assistant, YouTube SEO ads, video editor, director of ops. But where it all starts, where it all starts is the director of operations. And that starts with an executive admin. Whether, whether you're a single solopreneur, like solopreneur single, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur and you're building out a business, it doesn't necessarily have to be real estate. I mean, we all have these side hustles that we're doing. And, and if you don't, then let's focus on your one thing. What is that? Is it real estate? Is it a different business? And when we dive deeper, we start realizing, okay, well, in order for me to be able to grow, and I always go back to Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, because when I was reading it, I'm like, okay, what kind of hack if I, am I reading here on the 4-Hour Workweek? Is it going to be some hack I can't apply? And as I was reading it, I'm like, wait a second. He's telling me I should hire a whole bunch of VAs. That's it? And, and bring in technology? 
little did I know it was like that. But that's what really opened my eyes into this whole world of virtual assistants. And so when you look at it and say, well, how can I start growing and scaling? And that's when you start looking at two things, hiring talented people and getting the right technology into place. And so as, and I'm gonna to talk to you right now as agents, as agents, we look at multiple things and that's you can bring in somebody to do all of the work that, that you don't like to do, which is paperwork, which is important, right? checking your emails, making sure that calls are getting returned, all of the administrative work. Or you can bring in somebody to work on your database. One of the things that we worked on early on was bringing in a virtual assistant that could work on our database. And that's nurturing. I mean, we've got 100,000 people in our database. So we have multiple VAs calling and nurturing these people to see if they can bring them back to life, making sure that they're being taken care of, making sure that they just don't fall out. And as you start growing, right, you start looking at opportunities where you can bring in people, maybe a transaction coordinator, maybe a social media person that's in charge of posting to Instagram, Facebook, or like I showed you, YouTube. And so this is where it's up to you. And uh, I think, where you would have to focus is look at your strengths. What are your strengths? We, we often focus on our weaknesses, but I want you to focus on what you're already doing great at. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna use myself as an example. When I hire the director of ops, the executive admin who happens to be a virtual assistant for me, I'm like, well, let's, let's hire somebody that's not only organized, but let's, let's hire somebody that understands the world that I'm in. And that's technology and social media. And so as I brought them in, I, I ran some tests and they, they were really great at graphic designing. They understood social media and they even had some editing background, right? So I'm like, okay, this, this person's gonna fit. They have, they have the analytical nature to them and I'm going to bring them in as an executive admin slash director of operations. I can build something around this person if I continue to grow. And I think that's, that's the mindset challenge that most of us have where when we bring in somebody, we don't think of what's next after that. So now I'm telling you, the person you're going to hire, whether it's in-house or virtual assistant, don't let that stop there. Think ahead and say, well, what happens six months from now if this person is super busy and I'm being aware of all the work that I'm throwing at this person? I'm not overdoing it, right? They're, they're very busy. And now I'm looking at there's an opportunity as I've gotten busier to be able to now bring in maybe a marketing director or maybe an internal sales agent, an ISA, somebody who's going to make outbound calls or receive these inbound calls, right? And so we start looking at the chart. I'm going to share this chart with you again, just so you understand how this starts looking. So this is the director of ops right in the middle. And you can go any which way here. You're like, well, the director of ops is in essence, your executive admin, but as they get busier and busier, which route do you want to go? And typically I say that the route that we typically go with is marketing manager 
or lead coordinator. And if I go back to when I did this initially without even having this model is I went, I went this route, the lead coordinator as a real estate agent. It was somebody that would handle all of my incoming leads because most of our business comes from online leads and from our database, from referrals, that this person then became a sales manager. And it started growing from there, right? This has been built out. I don't have a recruiter, but this has been built out. So now I have a database ISA and a second one because our, our database is so large, right? And somebody who handles incoming calls and outgoing calls, right? And I don't have one that roams around yet, kind of like a helper. So what I would look at is, depending on where your business is and what you want to do, is it, is it reasonable for you to hire somebody who's going to make those calls to your database, to keep your past clients and your sphere in the loop, to invite them to events, to make sure that everything is, is happening the right way with the CRM. The other option, which I did the second time around when I built the business, was a marketing manager. I didn't go this route. And I thought, well, we're in a social media world. Back when I hired my first lead coordinator, we weren't in a world dominated by social media. But now we are. And that whole perception is reality. And that's where we can come into play. Hold on, I've got a question here. Juan says, if you're just starting out, would you hire the, oh, which one would you hire first? Hiring an ISA. I think one, it really depends on, on what your strengths are. Where does most of your business come from? Does it come from social media? Does it come from you cold calling? Does it come from you receiving calls from your signs, from your past clients, sphere, online leads? Right, that's going to determine where you go first. If you're the one that gets a lot of referrals and lead generates and all that, then this is probably the route, online leads. If you find that most of your business comes from Facebook, Instagram, and, and you have a great presence online, then this is the route to go. That's why I say, look, focus on where your strengths are and just dive deeper into there because you're already doing great. Why go outside of that and start focusing on a weakness? right? That, that's the biggest mistake that people make. So now the second time around, I went into the marketing side of it and I said, okay, well, what do we do? What does this marketing person do? Because now my executive admin is so busy. They can't post to Instagram. They can't do YouTube and continue to do all the admin work. So let's hire a marketing manager, somebody that's going to be in charge of focusing on. And now this is, let's put this into the real estate perspective somebody who's going to be in charge of Instagram, Facebook, but also creating flyers from Canva, making sure that the announcements are right for all of our agents, making sure that everything is uploaded into the MLS correctly, and just all of those things that are involved when it comes to marketing on the real estate side of things. Now, as you start packing this person in, you start seeing opportunities. You're like, well, damn, they're busy. They're their, their schedule is getting full and you definitely don't want to overwork people. That's one, one challenge that I find when, and this I'm going to unshare that really quick with you. I find that when it comes to the virtual staff, not the in-house staff, but the virtual staff, because we don't often see them, it's easy for us to 
to overwork them because we don't really see them working all the time. And sometimes, I mean, the, these virtual assistants, whether they're in the US or other parts of the world, they work very hard. At least the ones I have work extremely hard for me. And it's easy for them to overwork because they, they're always like any great person that works for you. They, they always want to make sure that they're doing their job. They want to have great job retention. They want to make you look good, right? For the most part. And so it's easy for us to be like, hey, do this. Hey, do that at any time of the day. And that's one thing that I always have to watch out for where I'm I'm rethinking like, should I text them at 9 p.m. when I just had an idea or 11 or whenever, right? And that's always a challenge. And so you have to be careful and be aware of the amount of work you're putting on the people and know when it's time to be able to hire that next person. And that comes from experience. So I'm gonna take you back to, to this one just to share you, uh, show you where I'm at. So as, as we started getting this marketing manager, we're like, you know what? It looks like this person's getting super busy because I see them on social often and they're posting consistently. And it looks like they're, the other part of this is, is not doing well, not gaining momentum. And that's when I started, instead of going down this path, I'm like, you know, this person's really good at creating graphics. Why don't we shift over to this? Because I noticed that for me personally, I was shooting a lot of video. I create a lot of content on video. And I needed somebody from this that was creating the graphics to shift over to this. And the world that we're in, I mean, look at the most visited websites in the world. You've got Google, YouTube, Facebook, those are the top three, right? YouTube, just all video. Facebook has a ton of video. And TikTok's gaining momentum as well, but it's not in the top 10, but it will be soon. Instagram is six, number six. Now you look at this and you're like, well, what route do you wanna take? This is why I say, start focusing more on your strengths and stop focusing on the things that you're not so good at. And as you start growing here, you can start splitting up this marketing manager into maybe somebody who fully understands Facebook lead ads, right? Like I have somebody, we have an ad agency that we use. We don't necessarily need this person. So I didn't need to go this route, but I did skip and I go, well, you know what? We need somebody that's in charge of graphics alone. And then maybe just somebody that's a social media manager specifically for social media, that's all they do. They don't get involved with everything else on the marketing side of things, right? So they just go deep into this. And then as, they, as you grow from there, you can start looking at getting somebody who creates content on a daily basis, on a maybe hourly, two hours basis, and then eventually a public relations person, depending on how big you wanna get. So this is, this is for you to start seeing what the possibilities are, right? And as you start growing this, uh, you can definitely grow, go other routes as well, like into the director of technology, somebody who can implement all the tech that you have. Or uh, I remember hiring, my very first hire ever was a transaction coordinator, right? 
And if I could go back, I probably would have hired that person to be somebody that's a concierge, somebody that reaches out to make sure the transactions are going well during and after, right? So that's something to look at. Now, I promised I was going to share with you as well the broker one, the broker model. And this is from Lorraine. Lorraine Baldwin, we interviewed her, I think it was two weeks ago. And this is her exact chart. So I didn't, I didn't change it at all. You may have seen this a little bit before, but this is a virtual company, <clears throat> the virtual brokerage. And you have the designated broker, which is virtual. And then you have these pieces that it revolves around, right? And this is where most brokerages are heading anyway. Uh, even if they do have uh, a uh, brick and mortar, they're still heading this way anyway. So it's, it's good to see this and outline where the possible brokerage would be and also where the possible team can be because the future of our industry is revolving more and more around teams. So now instead of a broker there, replace it with team. And you start looking at this more as a team and you're like, okay, designated team leader, lead generation manager applies. Managing team leader, maybe could be the sales team leader, right? Virtual office, virtual team manager, right? It could, this, these could be combined. Transaction coordinator, marketing manager, and growth manager. Now, this is a more simplified version of what I was showing you, but you can start getting a better idea of what this looks like so that you can start saying, okay, I got this. I understand. And now, <clears throat> that's really the first challenge. Like, where, which, which route do I go? Do I go left? Do I go right? And that's where I'm going to tell you again, it's your strengths. Now, once you identify and say, well, I got it. This is really cool. Now I know which route I'm going to take. I'm going to go to the marketing side. I'm going to go to the ISA side. The next thing is you've got to identify what those duties and tasks are. When I hired my last operations or director of operations, I took a, I took a day to outline everything that I needed them to do like step by step, like this is what I want you to do. Now, the cool thing is you probably don't have to do that when you're hiring an ISA or a marketing person. If you go to a company like, like Virtue Desk, they have this all outlined for you. So it's just a matter of having that there so that there's a starting point. Now, it's not everything they're gonna do because we all run our businesses a little differently, but it's a starting point so that they can start going in the right direction for you. Right? If they're going to do marketing, well, these are the things they're going to focus on and you can add in between. If they're going to go as an ISA, well, these are the things they're going to focus on on a daily basis. They're going to work on your database. They're going to do outreach to past clients and your sphere, whatever that looks like. Now, it's, the, it's key here as you're building this out because you have to take some responsibility over this, right? It's key that as you're outlining these whole duties, I would ask, look, if you're gonna go with VirtuDesk, I'd say, hey, VirtuDesk, send me the outline of what it looks like to have a marketing director, right? Send it to me, boom. Now I'd look at it and I'd say, okay, good. This looks good, this doesn't. Oh, this is cool. Maybe add this, right? And now you're making a, a better version for you specifically. Now, as you do that, say, okay, great. Here's where you start. These are the things I expect. 
Now from there, you're gonna hire the person. And that, that's where you're going to interview and you're gonna be like, great, this is a great person. I, I like the feeling of this person, great character, great knowledge, great experience, let's go. Once you hire that person, to me, that was probably the biggest challenge. And, and I've got here five minutes, so I'll try to wrap this one up here. But to me, hiring the person and identifying who I was gonna get for, for my team that matched my culture, matched my vision, matched my motivation, matched the tenacity that we have in doing the things that we do. That was part of it. The other part was taking responsibility for the success of the virtual assistant. And that sometimes is a challenge. Whether it's, remember, whether it's your actual staff in-house or it's a virtual person, you can't expect to hire somebody and then just leave them alone and not expect things to, uh, to go well or not go well. It's like, what happens? There has to be consistent communication. And that consistent communication, um, that, that's been one of my biggest struggles, the consistency in setting the expectations early on. And uh, that's why I failed with, with virtual staff. That's why I failed with staff early on in my career. And as I got better, and better at that part, I realized that it was, it all fell on me, right? I took ownership and I was like, got it. This falls on me. I need to set the expectations right from the very beginning, right? I need to have everything outlined. And there has to be some hands off on this. You'd be like, okay, new hire. These are the things you do. I communicate with you daily. I communicate with you often throughout the day. We communicate in this way. I, I communicate through uh, Messenger, iMessenger, iMessaging through uh, the Apple iPhone. Everybody on the team has to have some way of communicating through Apple. That's just how I communicate, right? I made it easy for me so that it happens. And so that's how I communicate often. And then this way they feel the people that you bring on feel like they're part of something. The last thing you wanna do is bring people on and, and then expect things to happen without ever inspecting it. Gary Keller always says, uh, inspect what you expect. And I think that's a very true statement. If you don't ever inspect it, how do you know it's even getting done the right way or how you want it? But also give them the liberty to be able to work things the way they think is good after having the experience of working with you, right? And then there's the other part of not overworking your staff, your in-house staff, or your virtual staff. That's, a, that's something that's extremely important. So one of the questions I, I tend to ask often is, is there a bottleneck? In essence, is what I'm asking. Hey, What's, what's going on? How are you doing with time? Are you getting through everything that you're getting through? Do you think you need assistance in anything? I'm actually more prone to hiring assistance for people than I am not because I'm always scared that, I'm, that there's a bottleneck happening and it's my fault because I wasn't aware, right? And that's where you need to be because that's where growth happens. It's the opposite of saying, well, let's just dump as much as I can on this person and burn them out because they better earn that pay. That's the opposite of what you want. You wanna empower people and have them feel like they belong to something that's greater than 
any other place they've ever worked at because you appreciate them, you communicate with them, you listen to them. And that's how you start building this team. And that's where a lot of us fail. One, like I did, right? I hired my first VA and I thought it was the VA. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I hired the second VA. I'm like, oh, this is absolutely terrible. I hired my first um, admin and I was in-house and I, was t- I wasn't that great. I was like, okay, do stuff. I remember I sat through, I, th- I sat through one of them that only lasted three months because of me. And I was like, okay, now that I hired you, can you create processes and systems? I mean, just do stuff. And they're like, what do you mean by processes and systems? What, what kind of processes and systems should I create? I'm like, you know, just the processes and systems that we need. Just like, where do I start? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I hired you. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to, to give people direction and instruction and work with them along, along this growth uh, curve that you're going to create. So uh, I'm glad you joined in. Let's see what we got. Uh, 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 we answered that one. Valeria, you got a question. What is something you tell a VA when she's new to the industry? I think that's where you need to have them dive into your world and have them watch YouTube videos on what it is it's like to be a a real estate agent, have them dive deep into the CRMs uh, with you because any CRM you have, whether it's follow-up boss or chime, they're going to have a tutorial on the back end and they go through that. And I think that the deeper they go into this world through, through video, through education pieces, the faster they can meet you where you are, right? Mentally, business-wise. And you have to give them those opportunities and you have to direct them in those directions or else it's just never going to happen. Uh, Rizwan, do you hire full-time employees or contractors? You, initially, Rizwan, I hired uh, independent contractors initially. And then I shifted it over when I felt like I was ready. And I and then I then they became actual employees, which we paid through paychecks, right, in-house. So now I have a combination. My team, my staff is mixed almost equally between in-house and virtual assistants. When I hire the virtual assistants uh, that are outside of the US, I I hire them through a, typically a company or sometimes I go direct. And if I hire through a company, it's it's through Virtue Desk. And this way uh, that I don't have to worry about anything. It's all paid directly. Like if it's paid like a CRM or a, or a technology company, that's how you pay them. So great question. Uh, Liza, I uh, just hired an ISA with Virtue Desk. Okay, Liza, great job. Just make sure that you outline what this looks like on a daily basis for your ISA and be sure to shift with them and grow with them. I would, I would do one thing with an ISA, be sure that when the calls are recorded, if you are recording the calls, which I highly recommend, that you listen through them and go through it with them so that they know what it is that they shouldn't say or they should say. Are they using the right tonality? And work with them on that because we can't expect the people that we hire to instantly know everything we want, right? We've got to get them to that point and it takes time. Uh, Great job, you have huddles in the morning. How do you record calls? 
I record calls using uh, Follow Up Boss and Chime. Both have features to record. And if you're using a, typically if you're using a, a dialer, whether it's Ring Central or Timble, if you're using Virtue Desk, Liza, I think that company has another company that that they own called Timble, and the calls can be recorded. If it's okay for you to record record calls in Texas without letting the other party know, uh, then you don't have to let them know. Hey, you're on a recorded call. This is so and so, right? So you're good, um, Pat. It depends what you're looking for, Pat. I think um, if you want, depending on what state you're in, depending on uh, what you're looking for them to do. My very first ISA that I hired was in-house. He's still with me. Uh, he's been with me for years. Jake Fry. He actually helped uh, create the slogan for Lab Code Agents. We shut ourselves in a room and we created Lab Code Agents. Um, so uh, Jake Fry is awesome. And uh, he was my very first hire. He became then a lead coordinator and then all, all these other things. But you can also go the route through VirtuDesk. One of the ISAs I hired through, through um, a company like this, like a virtual assistant company, was Sandra. And she's still with me. I fired her one time and I brought her back when I realized it was my fault. <laughs> she came in and she became one of the best hires I ever made. So uh, it just depends where you want to go, Pat. And make sure that once you do hire, if you hire in-house or through a virtual assistant company like VirtuDesk, make sure you have everything outlined and you have everything set in place so that it's easier for that person coming in to understand what they're getting into. Um, so thank you for joining. Any questions you have that I didn't answer here, you can type them in or message me on Facebook, Instagram, or go into the Leverage community and message me there. This is where that's going to live. And then we're going to post it up to that YouTube channel as well. Uh, Rizwan, do I mentor as well? Yes, but for real estate teams, brokerages, agents, I typically only take on five at a time and I charge 2,500 a month and it's month to month. Uh, most of my time is spent on, on growing companies now. So I, I consult on a on that level as well. But if you are interested, just message me either way. All right, everybody, thank you for joining me. Liza, thanks for being on, appreciate you. Juan, great questions as well. And Rizwan, thanks so much. Bye everybody. I just had a great conversation with Pavel about creating content to scale your business. You click the link, check it out. Click the link below. Again, I highly endorse VirtuDesk. If you're gonna save time, money, and resources, click the link down below. Click on the link down below. How to make your brand stand out in the real estate industry.